Shalom, brothers and sisters. Uh, such an honor, a pleasure to be here with you. Today, I want to share with you just something incredible that the Father has done recently. Uh, when I was uh, had the honor to be with my wife in Wyoming, um, and today, as I share this this encounter that I had with a group of teenage kids, one that I something that I saw that I have not seen at this degree before. I'm going to share with you this miracle that happened. Then I'm going to share with you why I think it happened. And then I'm going to share with you how you could start seeing the Holy Spirit move in your life in similar ways, because as you guys know, my heart is not for me to just share something here because look at me. It's all about me. No, my heart is look at you. This is all about you. This is all about what Yeshua died for you to become, for you to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, for you to have the same spirit that raised him from the dead, come and live in you as he died for you to have. See, brothers and sisters, uh, I want to submit to you that that when we talk about love, which is really which is what we're going to talk about here tonight, when we talk about love, many people, even maybe some of you listening, you'd be like, oh, well, I've heard that before, right? I, I've heard love before. Like, I, I know what that is about. You know, we've heard that in church taught to us. That's boring. And in fact, perhaps even you may think about love as defined by the, 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 the world, right? A love that's defined as hippie love, a, a love that's defined as Hollywood love, or a love that's defined by the alphabet community kind of love, <laughs> whatever kind of a love the world has labeled it as. And that's what you think when you think about love. But I want to submit to you that so oftentimes this 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 ill definition of what love actually is is in the world today because as believers we have failed to prove what love truly is to this world that love see love is supposed to be defined by us love is supposed to be defined by those who profess they know the god of love yeshua the messiah who has come in love and has done love by dying for all of our evil deeds that is the definition of love in its essence but i want to submit to you that ultimately we have a lower love even as Christians, to something very superficial. We have a lower love to simply mean, well, love is when I tell them the truth. Right. And and that some of us may even be like, yeah, that is the definition of love is is when I tell someone they're wrong and I'm right, when I correct them with the truth. And surely to speak truth can be in love. But see, no, true love is not telling the truth. Even the devil could do that once in a while. True love is living the truth. True love is defined by our lives, by how we choose to imitate 
our Messiah. Now, this is a very important introduction because it leads to the conversation I had with a few kids in a mall in Casper, Wyoming, uh, probably just over a week ago now. I had the honor to go with my wife, Christina, to Casper, Wyoming, never been there before, uh, met some wonderful people, right? Equipped a church to walk in the Holy Spirit. And as we went to into the city for a day, I went with my wife and another, another gentleman. And as we went, the gentleman we were with, Kurt, he found uh, a few boy, uh, boys and girls. There were probably about five of them, teenagers. I remember the one guy, uh, well, actually, I think most of them had the black shirts on with probably something that looked like metal bands, you know, metal band shirts, right? And, and uh, you know, it was good. So that he's talking with them and just chatting casually. And, and I come and I ask them a question. I said, how do we define what is truth? Because we live in a culture, right, where truth can mean anything. That's why I asked it to these young people. Uh, brothers and sisters. So I asked them, well, what is truth? And, and the one guy, he says, well, truth is what is fact. And I asked him, so, well, you see, in Nazi Germany, it was considered fact that Jews belong in gas chambers. And he said, OK, uh, you know, maybe that doesn't work out. But, you know, then ultimately, what, what, what is truth? And so Kurt, my brother, who's with me, he he has a Bible there and he, he asked him, what is this? And one of the kids say, oh, my uncle had one of those. And another kid says, my grandma had one of those. And another kid says, wow, I had one of those a, a long time ago. And and we're like, yeah, this is what truth is defined by, because this is God's word. And then one of the kids who's a bit more skeptical, let's just say, he points out, and he says, well, that's what people say, right? Like people say that. But how do you prove that to me is basically what he is saying, which is a very fair question, right? And so I asked him, so listen, if it is true that God exists and that this is his word, that he is he is real, can we agree that this word would be truth since he is the highest authority there is and has the sole authority to determine absolutely this is what truth is and how people ought to live. And they agree with me. They say, yes, if if God exists, that that would be truth because, well, he's God. Right. And so at this point, I'll be honest with you guys. I look at these kids and within me wells up such a love, such a a compassion. And it's not just let me explain this. This is not a love just for them. I do have love for them, but but it's I'm experiencing the father's love 
for them. Suddenly I see the father say, let the children come to me as Yeshua did. Suddenly I see the father see them as his children who are who are confused, perhaps who I don't know where they were all at, but but perhaps lost, perhaps uncertain about where they're going at, perhaps in deep sins and and him seeing all of this and desiring to run to the cross for them. You see, the word says that Yeshua with joy went to the cross to die for your sins and my sins when he saw the most disgusting stuff that we could have. His thought was, God, I want to die for that. And see, in his flesh, he was scared. He didn't want to do it. He said, Father, if you could make this cup pass for me, let it pass. But in this, at the same time, he knew what was at stake. And it says with joy he went. See, that is the love that he has for us. A love that says, Lord, they do not know what they're doing to me as we, we hit him. As we put nails in his feet and in his wrists. As he is bleeding, he screams, Father, he, they don't know what they're doing. This is the love he has for us, right? And this is the love he has for these kids. And I experienced this. I'm reminded of this. And they're asking me, they're all looking me in the eyes, saying, what is truth? And so I look over to the girl next to me. And with the knowledge that my father loves her more than, oh, my goodness, you know, and I ask her, do you have pain? And she looks at me and she say, and she's sitting down, but she says, I, I do. My back is in a lot of pain. Like, that's why I'm sitting down and I'm saying and I tell her, so what if God is real? What if God cares about you? And what if I ask him to do something about your back because I know him? And so I speak and I say, Lord, I'm speaking so that they can hear me. And God, I I know that you know me, you know my prayers. And so, Lord, I speak to her back now in the name of Yeshua and I command her back to be made whole and all pain to leave now. Amen. And immediately I ask her, can you please just stand up and just feel and she's shy. She's kind of uncertain. It's kind of like she had this weird look on her face as if, you know, she, she felt strange, you know, something she felt something and and she stands up and, and, and she's and I'm like, what's going on? And you just please be very honest with me and everyone who's all of your friends. Right. I, don't, I, I want you to be honest. And she says, I don't feel any pain. And I ask her, but you, you just said you did, right? Like, yes, I did, but I don't feel it right now. And I, I look to the rest of them and I say, what do you guys think about this? How did this happen? And they they look at me and they say the, the one guy who's let me just say he's very he's the more skeptical of the bunch. He looks at me and he says, well, you just did a mind trick. And, I, and I'm like, oh, OK. And I look to the girl to the right of me and I ask her, what's wrong with you? Is there anything wrong with you? And she says, my my ankle hurts a lot when I put any weight on it. She's even standing kind of just on one leg. And 
I said, all right, please look at it again now. And I asked her right there, just taste it out again. And she puts weight on it and all the pain leaves. And she and she's confused. And, and I said, but I didn't say anything. I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything. I just asked you to look again. And I told them, listen, if I'm playing mind tricks with you, then nothing here is real. And everything that that seems to be happening will just return in a matter of minutes. But if this is real, if you are actually healed in your back and in your foot, then this will be permanent. So you guys know each other. So please tell your friends tomorrow and in a week and in a month from now how your back and your foot is. Just continue to speak with them, share a little bit more end up saying, trying to say goodbye. And just as me and my wife and Kurt just turn around to us as we say goodbye to them, one of the kids, and this is the most precious of it all for me, perhaps one of the kids said, hey, wait. And he, he kind of and we turn around and he comes and he shakes all of our hands. He says, I just want to let you know you have no idea what that meant to me. Like you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Like, wow, thank you so much. I have never seen someone so sincere in thanking. It was like he just got a million dollars. And what I saw was that he had the boldness to not care about what the rest of his friends was going to think about him. He cared so much that he was going to break free from peer pressure and come and thank us. And I actually think that the rest of his friends felt very similar. Brothers and sisters, what makes me concerned is the idea of what if we weren't in that mall that day? Like, what if what if my brother never stopped to start speaking to them? If we just passed him by or if if they never had because this I promise you that this encounter that they had with the living God coming to prove his existence right there for them all, because listen, this is what young people are looking for. This is what this is not a shock because this is what Yeshua went around to do when Yeshua was at the tomb of Lazarus, whom Yeshua allowed to die. He showed up after he died and, and they asked him, why didn't you come earlier? If you came earlier, he would have been able to live. <laughs> and I love the way that Yeshua then prays. We, we read actually in the book of John eleven forty one. he says, as they took away the stone, Jesus, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said this, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I say this on account of the people standing here around me, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out, Lazarus, come out. You see what Yeshua did is he prayed out loud. A miracle was conducted. Why? So that they may believe you sent me. You know what people need is they need to believe that we are actually sent by Yeshua to them to proclaim the coming king and the kingdom that's coming near to them. Yeshua sent out 72 of a great commission. 
And he said, go into the world, cast out devils, heal the sick. Why? Because that's the point of why he left and descended and descended his spirit. That's the point of why he's not here right now, set it up his kingdom. Yet he said, I'm coming back, but you prepare the way for me for when I come back so that I can come back to a people. You see, God's people were those few kids sitting there in that mall with their metal band shirts on that. Those were those were the children of God. And you know what happens is is, here's the thing we have to ask ourselves. Why did God do it? Why did it happen so easily? Petey, why did how? Because to be honest with you, I knew what God was going to do. I knew he was going to heal that back. I knew he was going to heal that that the feet, the foot of the other girl. How did I know? Because I experienced his great, deep love and compassion. And here's the thing is if I do not believe and understand the depths of his love and compassion for sinners, how could I believe for him to set them free? See, it is through Yeshua's understanding of the of his father's compassion and love for the lost that he was able to set them free from their bondages, because your understanding of God's love determines the God you proclaim. If you if you believe that God does not have love, you will not proclaim that your God has love. In fact, you will struggle to proclaim him at all. You will not see him work through you miraculously because you will need to understand his love for someone to understand his will for someone that his will is good and desires freedom and desires deliverance for that person. But how can I have faith that he's going to heal the back of this teenager or this foot if I don't have a, a grasp of his love for them? Then he died on the cross for them to be made well now and eternally. I want to read to you a few verses here about what God said uh, about this in Matthew 9, verse 36. And we see here. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Yeshua had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Right. And I want to read to you another one. Let's go to Matthew 14, verse 14. And he says, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Let's look at one more. Lamentations 3, verse 22. He says, it says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Come on. You see, when you think about this, you have to understand that his compassion is there for us, but not only for us, for the alcoholic, the drug addict, the prostitute, get the most the most horrible type of sinner that you can find on this earth. And I just see more grace. I just see more power and what he would do to reach their hearts. I do not serve a God who says, "Whoa, you've got a little bit too much sin. I'm going to pull back and I'm going to reach you. 
You know what I see as I see a God is when he sees a lot of sin, he sees a lot of junk. He says, let me get on a, a larger, taller cross. Let me die a more horrific death. That's what he did because the world's sin was placed upon him and he died a death that matched it all. Where he bled through his skin for you and me. And if that means if that is true, it means that we have to look at people through the lenses that he looks at them. Because if we don't, how could we minister to them the way that he does and he did when he was here? Perhaps it is our lack of a love for them that has caused the spirit to not move through us because we don't love them the way he does. And so we actually stand in his way and say, well, like Jonah did. Jonah was sent by God to Nineveh to proclaim repentance to them. But he said, no, they're too bad of a people. God, even though you love them, even though I believe you can save them, I don't want them to repent. Could that be our hearts even? See, brothers and sisters, it's some of us cannot step out of faith because while we can love the person, we don't understand how deep God's love is for them. Or it can be that some of us cannot step out in faith because we don't want God to heal them, even if we believed he could. You know, I just uh, the other day heard this notion that someone speak spoke and said, you know, we shouldn't pray for people that the Bible says God hates. We shouldn't hope for them to come to repentance because they're hated by God already. And, and, you know, in the Psalm, it says in Psalm 11, verse five, it says this. The Lord tests the righteous. His soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. So indeed, God hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. But see, when God speaks about that person, he hates, he speaks about what that person has become. He's not speaking about the essence of that person who was created in the image of God. He is, he is talking about what that person has become because of what that person has done, the sin and evil and violence they have partook in. But when we look at what he then also proclaims in the Psalms, we see in Psalm 78, verse 32, I'm going to just pull this up. I want you to read it with me. I love this. Psalm 78, verse 32, he says this. In spite of all of this, they still sinned. Okay. Despite his wonders, they did not believe talking about Israel. So he made their days vanish like a breath and their years in terror. When he killed them, they sought him. They repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock, the most high, their redeemer. But they flattered him with their mouths. They lied to him with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast towards him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet, listen to this, verse 38, yet he being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not stir up all his wrath. You know what God is doing? He's talking about you and me. 
He's talking about you, even especially if you're the one who says God hates the wicked and doesn't want us to pray for them. Because God's heart is that we are not to be the Pharisee who says, oh, God, I thank you. I'm not like other men. But his heart is for us to be like the tax collector who looks at himself, humble and broken, realizing his immense sin, not looking at what others are doing. Because perhaps then we could have mercy on others if we recognize the mercy God must have on us every day, because every day I'm a tax collector. Every day you're a tax collector. Every day we need that mercy where we ought to beat our chest and say, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner. You see, brothers and sisters, his love endures forever and he desires for all to come to repentance and none to perish. That's why Yeshua went straight to the sinners, straight to those who are lost. And when they questioned him, he said, I did not come for those who are healthy, but the sick. So don't you dare say that we ought not to go to those who are sick. Please take me to the sick. What have I to do with the healthy if they're healthy indeed? So, brothers and sisters, here's what I have to ask you. If we if we say we we love God. Will we do what Peter did? Will we will we heed the call of Yeshua? Because Yeshua told him, he said in, in John 21, verse 17, he, he said, Simon, do you love me? And he said, you know, Peter said, yes, of course I do. But Yeshua continues to ask, do you love me? Do you love me? And he tells him, then if you do feed my lamb, feed my sheep. Tend to my people, if you truly love me, show it by your actions. Don't just talk about it. Don't just tell me about your Torah portions. Don't just tell me about your Sabbath keeping. Don't just tell me about your diets. Come on, man. Don't just tell me about your feasts. Praise God for all that he's given us. Praise God for his word, but don't just talk about it. Love is when you go out with action and you actually believe in the word that you say you believe in in your action, because that's what the people need. You say, well, we're, we're losing our young people <laughs> and you're saying, God, oh, save our young people. You know what? God is looking at you. God is looking at us. He's looking at me. We're saying, God, God, save our young people. God is looking at us. It's our responsibility to be the light. He's the one who saves. Don't get me wrong. He's the one who does the work, as you just heard in that testimony I shared. But it was my job to make sure that I was there in that mall, that I was there in front of them, that I was there to have faith in the God I say I serve. That was my responsibility and what he does with that. Oh, that's that's his works. Praise God for it. I can take no credit for that, but I must rejoice and I must boast in him for who he is and that he does work. And I will not make excuses or compromise about how my God has somehow changed and how he somehow doesn't want us all to do this. Come on, it's in the Bible. If you're not walking out in the Holy Spirit, you're not walking in the Bible because it's all over the Bible. It's in there. You cannot ignore it unless you rip out the book of Acts. And I'm not in that kind of business. I'm not one of those false prophets in that business. And I'm and I'm probably going to be sure that you're not like that either. So if we're going to keep it in our Bible, why don't we just actually start believing and walking it out? 
And let's just stop trying to like ignore it because we feel uncomfortable with that. Look, I, I know it's easy to sit in Bible studies and churches and never lift a finger, but that's exactly what the Pharisees did who came against Yeshua. That's why they didn't recognize him because they were all good about talking about theology whilst never even lifting a finger to do anything that they were laying on the shoulders of any of their uh, their congregants to do. It's time for us to to get that revelation of truly what it is that God's love is, how deep his love truly is, because some of us are in bondage because we don't believe he even loves us. Some of us are are struggling to reach others because we don't have a, a concept of how truly deep his love is. You see, there is a victor in the story. Right in this whole Bible story we all love there is when you get to the end of the book, you see who wins and you know how he wins. By love. That's it. That's the secret ingredient that was Yeshua's secret in ministry, and that's God's secret even today that love overcomes all evil. All evil, no matter what you throw my way, no matter what you throw God's way, no matter how destructive, how disgusting, bring me the deepest depths of witchcraft or Satanism or prostitution or alcoholism or whatever it is. Love will destroy all evil if we are willing to see love for who he is, the one who went to a cross for us all. And if you see him for who he truly is, not just theologically, not just in in theoretically, but emotionally understanding it, understanding it with the depths of your soul, then perhaps you would be set on fire like never before and you'd never be able to quench that. You see, when Yeshua said, if you drink of me truly, you'll never go thirsty again if you Eat of me, you'll never go hungry again. I am the living bread and living water. If you know what he is saying there is if you truly grasp who I am, then you will never go anywhere else again. You will never be able to ignore who I am in your life again. And if that's true, then when you're in front of someone who doesn't know him, you would not be able to afford keeping quiet. And not just keeping quiet, but walking out good fruit and life in front of them all. Hey, brown sisters, thank you so much for joining me here in the chat. Um, I just want to read some of the uh, things that you guys are sharing here in the chat. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, uh, Ellen Hughes say nothing in this world means anything. It's a vapor just as life is a vapor. We are of the spirit, not of this world. Amy Murray says love is key. If we have no love, we have nothing. We need to love the lost. Love them. Amen. Amy, I'm with you. Uh, prophetic of Angela line says, yes, amen. That is why I've been ministering to others every time they ask me to pray for this. And so and so my comeback is, what are you doing and saying to minister truth and love to them? Amen. And yes, it's the time. This is the time of Acts 2. I like this. Uh, April says, hallelujah and amen. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining me here. I want to pray for us all with this because I think that 
I, I want to grow in this. I want to I want to experience what God feels about someone when I am with them. I want to have words for them that bring life. I want to be able to step out in faith and believe even bigger things. Right. And I believe that you guys want that, too. Um, and uh, dedicated to Yah says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, a wellspring of life. Amen. And that is exactly what we have been talking about Sukkot. And that's exactly what's supposed to continue to follow our lives after we leave the feast, because it's not just about coming together for a feast. It's about having what we what the feast is all about for us to become living waters, be something that we carry every day. Right. It's not just for once a year. Right. So let's pray. Uh, let's believe for the Holy Spirit to come and and empower us with what we are talking about here tonight, because it's so needed. Father, Lord, I ask God that you would take just this this story, Lord. That's not about me, but it's so about all of us, Lord, the things that you desire to do in the midst of us. Father, I ask that you would come with your spirit and Lord, we surrender all fear. We surrender all worry. We surrender all um, uh, uh, bondages to men about what they think of us to you now. And God, I ask that you would come and just put your spirit in your people that you would come, Lord, and let them speak in tongues. God, let them prophesy, Lord, let them receive those words of knowledge, Lord, let them receive those interpretations of tongues. God, let them receive dreams and visions, Father, Lord, let them receive gifts of discernment. God, and I ask, Lord, above all, even let them receive the fruits of your spirit and the love that you carried for the lost. God, I ask, Lord, that when uh, that when that that they are with that coworker or whoever, that that friend, that family member who doesn't know you, God, you would come and just just suddenly overwhelm their hearts with the love that you truly have for them so that they could do nothing but weep with your love and compassion to lead them to that love. Lord, I ask Father for your grace upon us, that Lord, where we fall short and we do, oh Lord, we repent where we fall short, God. But I ask, Lord, that you would come and and have mercy on us and 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 empower us, Lord, to stand up and be free from our iniquities. Uh, Lord, right now, God, I just speak to anyone here who's listening in my in the live chat or who's going to be listening to this afterwards to this broadcast. Lord, I pray, God, against all demonic oppressions in their lives right now. Father, any attacks that are spiritual that are happening, Lord, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities, spiritual powers in the spiritual realm. Lord, I pray, God, that you would come and deliver them, Lord, from every demonic activity and attack and on these households in the name of Yeshua. And Lord, I pray for our children, Lord, that you would give us the light of the world, Lord, that you would give us the boldness, that you would give us the truth, but that you would give us above all compassion and love and patience for them, Lord, as they are in their journey to you. Even when we're impatient, God, I ask that you would help us to be patient. Uh, Father, I, I pray, Lord, for anyone who's listening to this right now, who's sick, God, who is emotionally sick, who is traumatized, who is suicidal, depressed. 
and who is who has got physical pain, who has got who has got Lord mental anguish. We speak to all of that now in the name of Yeshua. And God, I thank you for your healing. I thank you for your freedom. I thank you, Lord, right now for taking care of all of that. And Lord, I thank you for all of these people to be made whole in an instant. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are the Redeemer. I thank you, Lord, that your love is enough more than enough and it overflows that your love covers all our sins that your grace carries us when we fall short god i thank you that your forgiveness extends to the deepest darkest sins that we have made and i thank you lord that as we do repent that you do cleanse us of all iniquity and unrighteousness that your word is true and that you are not slow to that promise God, I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to come into everyone listening to this, Lord, and that they would not be able to shake off the fire, but that they would be continuously filled and that they would be bothered by your spirit to the point of being so convicted that they cannot ignore you, that they cannot ignore your voice when you speak to them, that they would be able to recognize it and not follow the stranger. Father, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in your body, Lord. I perceive, I know, God, that this is something you are only growing more in your people. And Lord, I, we, we, we proclaim, we, we thank you that you are doing this. You are fulfilling what you said would happen in the last days, that you will pour out your spirit. Father, I pray, Lord, come, Lord, do it more. Convict your people, convict the leaderships of America, spiritual leaderships of America, convict the spiritual leaderships of Europe, of Asia and all and Africa and all the rest of the world, God, of this reality of what you are doing and restoring back to us. God, help us to understand the torn veil. I pray all this in the name of Yeshua. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, and, And no matter how old you are, it's never too late. God has today called you and today is the day that the Lord has made. So pray tonight, ask him, God, how can you use me in new ways? And tomorrow when you wake up, go to work, go wherever you go with new eyes of opportunity to manifest the kingdom of God. I'll see you guys in the next video. I want to say a special thank you to our partners who've made this possible. If you want to partner with us, you can do so by visiting riseonfire.com. That's how we can continue doing this. So thank you. I love you guys. And I can't wait to see you guys in the next video. So subscribe and like. I'll see you soon. Shalom.